you may be seated. Brian has got to catch a flight, so we're trying to get him done so that he can transition the slides before he leaves. So I'm going to cut real short real quick. The shortest sermon I ever did was at Grovetown United Methodist Church. They had a difficult time there learning how to help people. So the sermon was me standing there being thirsty. Someone in the congregation noticed it, comes up, brings me a bottle of water, but my hands are bound, and he helps me drink the water. That was the entire sermon, and the people weren't happy because they did not get their money's worth. But I thought it was very powerful myself. Today's passage of Scripture will be coming from the book of Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. The Word of God says, Then some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you today, and thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to gather together. And Father, and all the, the lightheartedness about rushing and hurrying through just so that we can get on with our lives. You know our hearts, and Father, you know that, that we only ingest say such things. Because it's this time that we give to you to hear your words and to feel the power of your presence in our lives. So, Father, I ask that how much ever time you need, you take. Empty me and fill me with your spirit that I'll speak words that, that are pleasing to you and that would edify your church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I love this passage of Scripture, always have, because so many times in my life I liked being correct. Being right was always something that I could hold over somebody. I was right about this, and you were wrong, and, and I was right about that, and you were wrong. Loved being right. And in a sense, that's kind of what is happening here. Jesus is giving us a, a, a story of how God works within humanity, how we as a people should live, and how his love extends into never-ending powers. Growing up in Sunday school, we hear about the Pharisees and how evil they were. They, they always wanted to, to mock everyone and put everyone down, and, and no one could ever be as good as they could. And Jesus kind of portrays that here. He, he has the Pharisee, goes to the wall, and, and he's talking about how he's praying. But, but if we notice, he's not really praying to God. He's really talking to himself, exalting himself, telling himself how good he is. He says to God, look how good I am. I fast twice a week. I'm better than the other people, the, the evildoers, the adulterers. I am so happy that I'm not like them. And this man that's standing over here beside me, the tax collector, man, I'm really glad that I'm not like him. 
And that's a hard thing to hear. And what a lot of church people don't want to hear sometimes is, is that's how we are portrayed to the world. It may not be a, an accurate picture, because let me explain what happens. The Pharisees, through the scriptures, are portrayed as these evil people doing mean things. But not all of them lived that type of life. All of them weren't that harsh and weren't that judgmental. If we look at it today in policing, every time we turn on a TV, at least for some time, it was the police shot somebody, the police this and the police that. The police are bad people, right? And you know what? There may be one or two bad cops, but in that entire bunch, every one of them is not bad. Just like every one of the Pharisees who gave their lives to, to teaching and learning weren't evil people. They were not. It was an example that Christ chose to use to contrast two different lifestyles. And God loved a Pharisee just as much as he loved you and me. And the other person that he contrasted to was was a tax collector. They weren't the, the loved people of the community, to be honest with you. Not then, and I would say so, not today. I don't like people coming after my money. But the, the tax collectors in that day, they not only took the portion that they were supposed to, but if they were to make a living themselves, they were to take extra to line their own pockets. They weren't what we would consider to be good people. They lived off from everyone in their communities, preyed on them. So what is Jesus trying to tell us here when, when we have these two classes of people at the wall praying? And it may not be so much in the words they speak that we find that answer. But it may very well be in the place that they have gone. Both people from different cultures, from different beliefs, with different backgrounds and different life experiences, went to God himself. Now maybe their words were, were mixed up in how they should have been talking about one another or themselves. But what's important to know is that regardless, they both went to God. And I think we find in our own lives that we are absent of that decision ourselves. How many times in our lives are we faced with a problem and instead of going to God, we go to a friend? How many times in our life do we are we faced with a problem or situation instead of going to God, we, we go to, to see what the Internet has to say about it. How much of our personal time that we could have devoted to God in prayer and in communion with Him did we give to someone else? I think that's part of the message that, that Jesus has for us to see here today. That God is the author and creator of life and He knows everything about us. Now, there is nothing wrong with, with going to a friend or, or another source to, to find the answer to a problem, but, but why does that other source always have to be first? 
Should God not be the first one that we go to? I'll tell you this, that, that when things are going good in my life, I don't run off and say, let me go tell my father about it. I run off and say, let me go call somebody and tell, share with them the experience that I had. But I will tell you that as soon as something happens in life that hurts, the first thing I do is, God, where are you at? He's always center of our lives when there's a need. But, but we as a people have to start making him center of our lives even when there's not. When we're living in the land of glory, when we're living in the land of bounty, when we're living in the land of promise, God must always remain central. And I think I say this sometimes because I know where we are going as a people in the future. It may not be tomorrow, but, but some years down the road. When I first came in, I started talking about Wilderness Walking 101, what it means to be in the wilderness. Well, we are still in the wilderness. We haven't made it to the promised land. But let me share with you what, what God prepared for the children of Israel just before they went into the land of promise. He told them that I put two roads before you, one road that leads to life and one road that leads to death. And this is what I want you to do. When you enter that land, when everything's good, when everything feels great, when you're filled with happiness and you're filled with joy, don't forget about me. Because I'm the one that watched you hurt. I'm the one that loved you enough to prepare for you the land. I'm the one who gave you the discipline in order to make you ready for that land of promise. Remember that when you were in that land, you didn't go hungry. When you were in the wilderness, your shoes never wore out and neither did your clothes. You had everything you needed. And it wasn't because the God of this world gave it to you. It was because the God of this heaven and this earth gave it to you. Remember where you come from. And if you remember where it is that you come from and who it is that brought you there, you will continue to live and you will continue to prosper. That was God's promise to Israel. And he kept his word as he always does. And part of what we had to learn in our wilderness is much like what Israel had to learn in theirs. That there are many gods in this world, but there is only one true God. And he doesn't just demand, but deserves our loyalty. He taught us how to celebrate in the good times as well as in the difficult times. Which means this. We don't rely upon circumstances to bring happiness and joy into our lives because the joy of the Lord is our strength and our peace no matter what we face. And yes, he taught us the obvious lesson of this parable. That in the land that he brings us, there are many people 
from many cultures, from many backgrounds, from many different experiences. And one is not better than the other. But we as a people, as we love God, cherish and adore the people that God put around us. To include those that are different from us. To include those that, that like music that are different than what we're accustomed to, to. To those that speak in terms that we don't understand because it's a different generation. And to love the robbers and the adulterers. And those impacted by addiction. You see, many times the only difference between us and them is what we reveal of ourselves when we're not behind closed doors. Our sin may be different than theirs, but it is sin nonetheless. And in the eyes of God, there is no one greater than the other. We don't want to be like the Pharisee who stands and says, look how good I am. But in the same respect, we don't want to be on the opposite end of that spectrum either, where we say that grace has covered all my sin and I have no responsibility. I can do what I want, live how I want. We want to live centered and balanced on Christ. Where we recognize our own need for God with humility and receive grace and love and inspire those who struggle in ways that we don't. See, I think Jesus was telling us here this. Greater love hath no man than this, that he laid down his life for his brother. And that's what Christ did on the cross at Calvary when he died for each of us. So I'm going to keep my word from earlier today. We're going to go home early. Everybody go and get some rest. But really consider this week. How we feel about those that would be considered less than us. And do we need to bring ourselves down to meet them? Or bring them up to meet us? In the mercies of God. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you today and we thank you for this time. And, and Father, 
I, I want to take this opportunity now to thank you for, for all the workers that you've given us in this church. Father, they worked really hard this week in raising funds to support the missions of this church. And, now, Father, I just ask that you bless them in each and every way. And, Father, today I ask that, that as we leave here, let us leave with, with hope for tomorrow as we live out the word of, the, uh, the word of God today in our lives that you're doing something now, preparing us for tomorrow, and that tomorrow is not that far away. But help us to stay centered on you in our walk. As we receive your mercies, as we express your grace to others, in Christ's name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. And may the Lord lift up his counts upon you and give you peace. Amen.